You're listening to Nixa Talk, a show aimed at providing building blocks for best practice implementation to executives in the global asset management industry. More content for your on-the-go, easy listening can be found at nixa.org. I'm Allison Lovett, your host of Nixa Talk, and I'm here at Nixa's general membership meeting in Boston. Uh, I have here with me today Swatika Rajaram, Vice President of Regulatory Products at Broadridge. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So we're hearing a lot about Rule 30E3 and what impact this will have on asset managers. Uh, in fact, you're scheduled to participate uh, in a power breakfast hosted by Broadridge tomorrow morning. So tell me, what do you think the biggest implications are for fund companies as they relate to the new rule? Um, great question. And it's a question that we, we've been fielding uh, from a lot of fund companies as well as broker-dealers over the last um, few months, you know, ever since the rule came out. Um, you know, just before I get into the implications, you know, my perspective of Rule 30E3 is that uh, it, it's a huge cost savings opportunity for fund companies. Um, by the SEC's own estimate, uh, funds can save up to $230 million annually. That's a huge number. The second big uh, opportunity this gives fund companies is it gives them a way to engage with shareholders in a way that hasn't been possible before. Uh, and and they're, they're allowed to brand the notices, especially funds that have um, a lot of street-side shareholders uh, who don't have a direct relationship with the fund but have a direct relationship with the nominee. Mm-hmm. This is a great way to connect with those shareholders. Um, so all in all, I think it's a great opportunity for fund companies. Um, talking about implications, you know, there is a strategic implication for fund companies in that the SEC allows funds um, to put content in these notices. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking information from shareholder reports, things like performance returns, um, expense ratios, portfolio holdings, things all of us flip to when we get a shareholder report. Um, the SEC allows funds to use that in these notices. And based on research we've done, based on our own experience as a shareholder, we think that's a huge strategic opportunity for funds to engage with shareholders. It's not a decision funds have to take anytime soon because, as, the rule, as you know, the rule is about two years out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is something that you know we believe funds should start thinking about. It, it has huge strategic implications for their branding and marketing. Um, in terms of operational implications, which I know what everyone's focused on right now, um, funds obviously need to decide whether they are adopting this rule. It is not a given that everyone is adopting this rule, and we've definitely heard variations um, you know, from various fund companies. Uh, and the second order question there is, are you know, fund companies that have chosen to adopt this rule, are they adopting it across all of the funds in their complex or only some of the funds? Again, you know, we're, we're hearing different things from uh, different fund companies. Um, and the third question is, if you are adopting the rule, are you adopting it as soon as possible, which is Jan 1st, 2021, or are you going to wait it out and do it you know, in 2022? Uh, and again, there's you know, plenty of reasons both way to do it. Um, so fund companies have to start thinking about that. And, and, and the operational implications of these decisions are, if you plan to do it soon, that means in two months' time or three months' time, as of Jan 1st, 2019, notifications need to go out to shareholders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, companies, fund companies, as well as intermediaries, have to be ready with their preference management system to capture these preferences from shareholders. Again, these preferences are not going to be applied for two years, but they need to be captured now. The systems have to be ready now. Right. So that brings me to my next question. So for those companies that are adopting the rule, you know, the goal line is is a little bit far out in the future, but what can these 
these companies do today? You know, fourth quarter 2018, yep. first quarter 2019. What what can they do today to take action? Uh, great question. And um, number one thing that funds need to do, literally the moment they go back home from this conference, is they need to finalize their notification language. So this is the language that has to go on the cover page of all of their annual reports, semi-annual reports, prospectuses that they send out over the next two years, assuming they have decided to adopt this rule. Um, this notification language, a lot of it is prescribed by the SEC. It informs the shareholder to about what this rule is, you know, that they should expect to get notices. But there's a key piece of this which gives instructions to shareholders about what is the way they can change their preferences or manage their preferences. That, mm -hmm. you know, funds are, you know, perfectly capable of writing the right instructions for their direct health shareholders. But given that a majority of shareholders are on the street side, the instructions need to be very clear for those. Because you don't want a situation in which one of your shareholders is picking up the phone and calling you and saying, I want to change my preference. And you as a fund, you have no idea who they are because they are they own shares through a brokerage. You cannot authenticate them. You cannot identify them. You can't manage their preference for them. Mm -hmm. um, so we uh, have been working with the broker-dealer industry uh, to come up with an industry solution uh, that works for both uh, brokers as well as funds. Uh, and this industry solution makes it easy for funds to print one message on their notification versus having to print 800 plus messages, you know, coming up with 800 versions of this notification. So we would encourage funds to get in touch with us to know what that language is. It's simple, it's straightforward, it's not complex, but it needs to be there to make sure street, street shareholders know where to go. The second obvious you know, action they need to take, if they haven't already, is to think about the preference capture system that needs to be up and running by Jan 1st, 2019. Again, funds have a choice. They can either build the system in internally, uh, train their call center people, or they can, you know, hire, get an external vendor to do this. You know, we are building a solution um, uh, that that can do this for both broker dealers and funds. Uh, the one thing we are focused on through our solution is to make sure there's a go paperless um, option mm -hmm. there. Rule 30 E3 has nothing to do with e-delivery, you know, at least in the mm -hmm. traditional sense of the mm -hmm. word. But we think any opportunity um, we have to touch shareholders, to connect with shareholders, should be used to drive go paperless. And we're making it very easy for shareholders to sign up for e-delivery. Uh, and the, the best way to do that is to minimize the number of steps. You click on something, you should be able to sign up immediately. So we're doing that on the broker-dealer side. And, you know, if funds plan to build this internally, you know, we would say one of the immediate action steps you need to take is give prominence to the go paperless link. You know, make it easy for shareholders mm -hmm. to sign up for e on the, on the street side, e-delivery dates are about 55%. On the direct health side, e-delivery dates are less than 20%. So I think the fund industry can really use this as an opportunity to drive e-delivery. Yeah, great. Where do you think modernization in general, um, you know, fund reporting, delivery, where do you think this will take us in the longer term? What do you think is on the horizon looking out? Um, so when I hear, you know, Chairman Clayton and, you know, Head of Division of Investment Management, Dalia Blas, speak at all these conferences, it's very clear to me that they're very vocal about shareholder interest. They're very vocal about making it easy for the shareholder to access, you know, all of this disclosure mm -hmm. information. That's great for the industry. That is fantastic for the industry. Uh, what is even better is 
I don't think there's new rulemaking that is needed in order to do all these innovation. The summary prospectus was a big hit. It's a very big mm -hmm. success. Uh, you know, shareholders like it. You know, there's enough research out there that says shareholders love it. Uh, it saved a ton of money for the fund industry. So it's a win-win, right? So that creates enough precedence. Similarly, 30E3 allows content to be used in a notice. So there is a lot that can be done without additional rulemaking. That's, that's, that's one point. The second point is, if you think about where technology has reached, you know, the choice is no longer binary. It's no longer e-delivery or paper. Mm -hmm. There is so much out there. People conduct business using social media. Uh, there are new technologies out there that facilitate providing information or presenting information in a layered form. Um, and, you know, we have, we have some of that technology. A lot of funds have some of that technology, especially on the front, on the front office side, the marketing side. So leveraging that technology, you know, I think we're going towards a world where it's no longer just e-delivery and paper. There's social media in there. There's text notifications in there. Uh, and it is all going towards summary disclosures and layered disclosures. So shareholders can pick and choose what they want to see, how deep they want to go. It's not a stack of paper, you know, that's landing in their mailbox. So I think that's where the future is. Right. Great perspective. Well, Swatika, thank you so much for sharing your insights with the next membership. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Nixa Talk, expert panels discussing today's most compelling asset management issues. Nixa is a trade association and support of professionals within the global financial community. Come back often and feel free to add our podcast to your favorite RSS feed or follow us on Twitter at Nixa News. For information on how your firm can become a Nixa member, please visit nixa.org and view our membership page. For over 50 years, Nixa has been connecting global asset management participants to discuss and develop industry best practices. Join the conversation today.